welcome to My Guest Needs an Introduction, the show where my guest needs an introduction. My guest today is named Ara, and she is from South Africa. Welcome, Ara. Thank you for having me, Bonnie. So, Ara, can you tell me a little bit about South Africa and where you're from? Sure. Um, so I grew up in Cape Town, South Africa, and it's by the point of Africa. People seem to think South Africa is a continent. It's not. It's a country. Um, and it was really cool growing up there. It's more of a coastal city, so you really need to um, the mountains and the sea. So it's pretty great. Um, you can go hiking and just do cool things with your friends. Um, growing up was really, I think, for me right now, it was op- eye-opening because I was part of like the minority group. There's not a lot of um, the Asian population living in South Africa. So being aware of that and being aware of just how um, you're part of different groups in South Africa, I think recognizing that afterwards and coming to college and being aware of those things was really cool. Um, So how is South Africa, would you say, different than Indiana? Because I know it's probably extremely different. I would definitely say that it is more diverse in South Africa. We have a bunch of different people coming from different countries, cultures, and backgrounds just living together in one place. Uh, there obviously is some racial tension because we do have some after effects of racial divide still coming in, but definitely more diverse. Our weather is 100% nicer. <laughs> I hate Indiana weather. Like, there's no fall. What happened to fall? Okay, also climate change, but like, what happened to fall? Um, the winters suck. It's snowing one day, and then it can rain, and then it's slushy. That's yeah. disgusting. Is there, like, humidity, like, as bad as humidity? No. No? No. Oh, I hate this humidity. And then in summer, you step outside, and you think it's going to be a nice day because the sun is shining, and then you sweat through, like, everything. <laughs> that is so gross. Like, ugh. I, essentially, I hate the weather in Indiana. The only, like, actual seasons I like are... The last bit of spring heading into summer. Okay, when it's kind of warm. Yes, and then the last bit of summer into fall. So when it's kind of getting cooler. Exactly, but climate change has kind of gotten rid of those things. Yeah. So now we're dealing with a weather situation that I do not thrive in. So you like the weather two weeks out of the year in Indiana? Yes. Nice. Accurate representation. Yeah. How's the food in South Africa? Honestly, like people ask me this a lot and they're like, oh, what's different? Like, what is the traditional South African cuisine? What food do you make? But I grew up um, in a South Korean household. So my parents always made South Korean food. So I would have um, just rice and side dishes because that's the traditional kind of food layout in South Korea. But um, we did go more westernized for breakfast. Well, the kids did. My parents always ate rice. It's like rice for breakfast, lunch and supper. And I'm like, I can't do that many times. I'm done. <laughs> so for me, um, for my brother and I, we always had cereal in the morning and toast. It was really South African, like westernized. Okay. And my like my dad would always like judge us for that. But you know what? You need some you need some balance. Yeah. So that's what we used to do. I know in South Africa, it's just because there's so many people in one place. We have lots of different cuisines like we have indian we have japanese we have like chinese food we do have korean food so it's just a big mix there is some like traditional south african food but families tend to make that at home okay like depending on where you grew up but it's really westernized i would say in terms of regular food yeah one of the things i've heard you rant about in terms of food is that the fruit is so much better there than the fruit here I'm ready to pop off about the fruit here. <laughs> the fruit here sucks. Like, it's so expensive. I don't get it. I really don't. 
like I will go into like Kroger and I'm lucky if I can get like really good fresh fruit. Otherwise, the grapes are just super like shriveled. Or if they're not shriveled, they're like really like puppy, like soft. Okay. And I don't like that. I like my grapes to be hard, but like not too hard, but like juicy, you know? So like the perfect. Yes, the perfect grape. I know your mom sends you um, dried fruit Listen, from South Africa. Yes, your dried fruit is weird. Like you have freeze dried. What the hell is freeze dried fruit? Like I can't eat it. What do I do? Put it in cereal and just stir it? Oh, that's gross. No, no, <laughs> no. The dried fruit is so good. I have like, oh, I'm trying to pace myself. Okay. I've gone through three packs and I'm like, okay, I need to stop. I know it's so good. Didn't your mom just send you that last week? Shut up, buddy. <laughs> Yes. Okay. It's so good. It's a good snack. Like yeah, I it's healthy. Yeah, I can't eat freeze dried. I don't know apples. Oh, and the ones that they sell here, like especially in our sea stores, they're pointy. Pointy. Like if dried mango, they're pointy. Like they're super pointy, because they're really dried out. Oh, okay. Now I get what you're saying. So they're just like cut. They just, yeah, they cut. They cut your throat. Okay. It's not supposed to feel that way. No, it's fruit. Um, so uh, have you seen any difference in, like, the education system from South Africa compared to here? Like, how was high school? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I don't know how it exactly works in the U.S., but we get to, when we hit grade 10, we get to pick um, three to four subjects that we want to take, and we think are good options for a career field we want to head towards. Okay. So, um, but we did have to take some mandatory required classes. So for us, it was English, home language, mathematics, um, Afrikaans, first initial language, which is a South African language. It's one of our 11 official languages. Um, we also have to take a life orientation. And um, beyond that, then you get to choose around three to four subjects that you want to take. If you didn't have an eighth subject that you wanted to take, you could have a free period essentially where you do homework or just sleep, go practice music, whatever you wanted to do. Did you always take business classes or did you always know that you wanted to go into accounting? No, I did not. I I don't know. I hit kind of like, so grade eight and grade nine, we take around 13 subjects. So they split obviously by terms, but you take a variety so that you're exposed to different career fields and kind of subjects that you are really strong in and then the subjects that you might not really want to go into. So I we all had to take um, economic management um, sciences, which kind of covers a broad outline of business. So it goes into accounting and then business studies, mm-hmm. which is just about different types of business forms, um, government regulation with businesses. So I always thought it was kind of interesting, but I and I like working with numbers, you know that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this might be a really good kind of career field. It's also really dependable. People need accountants. So, But I genuinely love working with numbers. Okay, cool. So what were some of the classes that you took before you kind of had an idea? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we had to take, um, obviously, the full mandatory required ones. Yeah. Those never change. Um, what else did it take? Uh, geography, history, um, physics, chemistry, biology. There was, oh, we had, we kind of had like home economics, but for us okay. it was called like consumer studies. So was it, lear- was was it, you like learned how to cook or learned how to sew? Or? So we did all those things. So oh, okay. yeah, so generally like consumer studies was really broad and then we would get um, experience with um, cooking 
and we would also uh, learn how to make different things like sewing and stuff but then we also had to take tech technology which was interesting um again we had to we actually made like battery powered cars out of oh, cardboard that's cool. and stuff. it was really cute actually um i'm not skilled i realized in uh making things um that's why i avoided art because we had to take two kind of um artsy creative classes so there you could choose between art music and drama mm-hmm. so i took music and i took drama okay yeah. you played the piano for like 15 years didn't you yeah okay do you still play a lot or no I do, but mostly, I don't know, a lot of my music is still back home. So it's stuff that I still can remember and that I have fun playing with. Um, oh, I love playing Taylor Swift on the piano. And you know this, like I love jamming out to her music. I'm about to order her lover songbook. Oh, cool. Cool. Would you say Taylor Swift is your favorite artist? Yes. Yes. I love Taylor Swift. Celebrated my 11-year anniversary. We're heading into our 12th. We're very happy. Thank you for asking. So you weren't like an OG fan because I know she just posted about her 13 Yes. Yeah, so she. Yeah, so this is the 13th year in her career. I didn't know her music when she released her debut album. So country music is obviously not a thing in South Africa. We listen to like mainstream like pop music and then Afrikaans music. Mm-hmm. But... Definitely, I think towards the beginning of her fearless era, um, where she was coming up with love story and oh, when she kind of blew me. up, yeah. So that's when like we really got introduced to her music, um, yeah. And then I just I just fell in love with Tete. Is Taylor Swift huge in South Africa or no? It is. So she's really well known in South Africa, but I mean, my friends would always say that they were like I was the biggest Taylor Swift fan that they knew. Okay. So like they like her music, but not. To like the point of like where people like love her music in the yeah. US. I would say you're probably the biggest Taylor Swift fan I know. And that's saying like a lot. I I think they're different. I don't know, they're different like benchmarks to that. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, I've met people who like really love her music, but I have yet to find like hardcore like Swifties. Like people who are a part of your own hardcore? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What what if you had to pick a song that's your favorite, what would it be? Oh my god, Bonnie, that's like asking me to choose between puppies and kittens. Okay. Uh that's hard. Yeah, you, you had to ask me this question. Okay. Um well I have a song for every mood. Every mood? Every mood. You know, like when you want to cry or Okay, you what about like... when you're happy? Okay. This is so hard. <laughs> okay, when I'm happy. It depends, though, because do I want old Tay-Tay or, like, new Tay-Tay? So if I'm going with that, then I... Listen, it's so... Like, you can't... It's so complex. You can't just, like, judge her music just, you know, based off of, like... Like, it's just, like, a combination of things you feel, you know? But right now, I can give you my favorite song right now. Okay. Okay, so because it's autumn and it's, like, foley and it's, like, super nice and it's, like, the leaves are falling, my, like, favorite one... Favorite one is All Too Well. And that always tops like her top like songs she's ever written like on every single list like that's somewhere in the top five or top three okay so i love that song like i have been playing that on repeat for a week now is there at least like an album that you could say is your favorite or no is that even harder than the song that is so hard because i feel like an album that she releases is a representation of what she's been going through at that point so 
for me, like, I can't really judge which album is the best because, again, she goes through lots of fluctuations in what she's been dealing with in life. Okay, but which album could you, like, relate the most to? Again, Bonnie, it depends on what I'm going through at that specific (laughs) period in my life. So basically, like, you know when it was kind of summery and the weather was super nice? Yeah. So that was, like, for me, that was love it, like, immediately. Like, that's what I imagine love it to be, like, when you're walking down the streets or, like, you're walking crosswalks or whatever around campus and it's, like, not too late, like, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., like, love it. That's the album that I, like, played on repeat and had, like, going from track number one to track number 18. Okay. Yeah. But, like, when it's full, like, right now, it's definitely red. Okay. Is Does it have to do with, like, the leaves or...? Yes, but it's also like it's just kind of like the mood and like the atmosphere the music creates. It okay. feels very autumnal, and it is the colors like red, okay. yellow. Like she, it's also a lot about like change and about intense heartbreak and loss and disappointment. And I don't know why, but like when it goes from autumn to winter, I feel those things. Okay, like okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so I really can't choose a favorite album, but I will say though that Red deserved a Grammy. Red deserved album of the year or at the least country song of the year for all too well. That song ages like fine wine. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, it's 2019. So that was released 2012. Seven years and people still jam out to it. Like, we love it. Taylor used to say that it was one of her most difficult songs and most painful songs to play because, again, she releases music that is so personal. Mm-hmm. And when she does write it, it excruciatingly describes every single detail in a relationship or what's going on in her life but then looking back on it like six seven years later she said that the fans made it something where it's not a song that she can she cries to on stage anymore it's kind of she's so happy that something that she released is a song that fans can relate to and it describes an emotional situation or a relationship that some of us have been through is there because I know we all go through phases where we'll listen to a song for a long time and then it's like, eh, I, this, I can't listen to this anymore. And then you come back to it like months later and it's good again. Yeah. Do you ever feel that way with their music? I do because it just also depends on the album. So for me, I really liked Reputation, which was her seventh album release um, before Lover. So for me, it it dealt with themes that I normally personally don't go through every day. So obviously it dealt with her reputation, her persona, how the public sees her. And I'm thankfully not in a position where people scrutinize every single thing that I do. And she's described as, you know, living in a fishbowl. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the songs on reputation, I could not personally relate to. It's only when I've had situations that pop up that maybe remind me of things that I'm dealing with or how, you know, when someone says something about you that isn't true. And okay. I feel like a lot of the music and reputation deals with that. But there's one song off of that album that I think I can relate to because it reminds me of my family and my friends. Oh, that's so nice. So it's New Year's Day, and I frequently cry to it. Like, I frequently <laughs> cry to it, that one. And also, I always listen to it right at, like, you know, like midnight. It's about to hit midnight. It's going to be a new year. That's my song. So you just play yourself into crying over the song by setting, like, at midnight by... Yes. Okay. Everyone needs a good cry. Exactly. Is there a song that you don't like? I feel like every single song was written for a purpose. And a but reason. is there a song like you personally, personally don't like? Not that 
it doesn't have meaning or that it's not valid or that it's not a work of art, but you personally don't like. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm trying to go through album by album. Like I'm trying to see if there's, cause I feel like if there's a song that I really don't like, I'll come back to it. Like after it's been released and then I can connect to it in some way. Like, I don't know why. So there's not a song you don't like. Pro- there is probably one that I can't remember right now, but I'm pretty sure there is one. Like there has to be one. I don't know. How many songs has she released? Like, Somewhere in the 50s, more than 50s, probably. She's written a release of 130, I think. I believe. Okay. Yeah. So out of the 130, there's probably one. Yeah, there has to be one. Like, I just can't remember. Like, okay. right now, like, sitting here, like, off the top of my head. Just because I, I don't know why, but I feel like she has written them for a reason, and I feel obligated to like the song. Okay. I know it could it could just yeah. be me and my like in my head I'm like no I love Olymp- like her songs like yeah. trying to like support her because obviously maybe I didn't go through a situation but she did yeah so, yeah what about Taylor Swift do you really like like why is this the artist that you connect with so much I think because I started listening to her like consistently once I hit kind of the middle school age and I think that at that age you're trying to deal with your emotions and you're trying to deal with growing up and I feel like she wrote about those experiences kind of really truthfully and everything that she writes like she releases she writes herself so I felt that personal connection and to me for an like an artist releasing I don't know the art music art um whatever it is painting I feel like that's such an important uh part of who they are Mm -hmm. so I think that was the emotional connection and I always felt like she cared like I know people can't say that that about like public figures and celebrities but to me I felt like she truly did care and just seeing her 13 year career and where it's taken her I can definitely say that that connection she has tried to develop with fans is still there and she always works at it and she genuinely treats us as if we're part of a family and if we're part of her I don't know, like her close group of friends. And she's been known to say numerous award shows when she's thanking different people. She'll say, you are the longest and best relationship that she's ever had. Like, she'll always say that. And I feel like that says a lot, especially about an artist. Like, hey, like, yes, I've released music and yes, I've been successful because I'm talented. Mm -hmm. But also acknowledging the fact that you need people to consume your art and giving kind of recognition and acknowledgement of the fact that yes, this is an important relationship that she needs to work at to make sure that she's being honest with her fan base. She's also been known to comment on, like, people's posts and stuff like that. So we call it taylurking. So she'll go through Tumblr, she'll go through Insta, she'll go... Well, she's tried herself of Twitter, which Twitter is really toxic, so I support that 100%. But she's known through school through Tumblr and Insta comments, and she'll leave, like, cute little messages, or she'll like posts, and people are like, oh, Tay's lurking again. So it's, like, really cute. I think it says a lot, especially if a celebrity um, who's so busy, they're able to, like, kind of sit down and, like, like, like how we would do with friends, like, mm-hmm. like a post or, like, send a message. So I think that's really sweet. Yeah. Would you consider getting social media just for that? Fact. I considered making like a Tay Tay Swifty fan account on Insta, and I was like, "Listen, I don't know though, because it's a lot of work. These Taylor Swift like fan accounts, they're like a full time job. Really? Yeah, people post like every single hour, and I'm amazed by it. Like they have like facts about it coming up, like, and I'm like, dang, like I don't have time for that, but it, it's really cool. Like I think it's super cool. And if I had more time, I think I would. And if I were like more 
social media savvy, I would probably mm. do it. I don't know. I'm still debating because I kind of want to make it like personal, but also about Tay But I feel like people who would follow me would get really annoyed if I made like a hundred Tay posts and I've been told this multiple times. So I don't know. I'm still on. The, I'm still on the fence. I might. Who knows? You might end up yeah. caving and getting social media. Oh, I might, but I've like stuck to that because I like I told myself when I was thirteen that I would not get social media, mm-hmm. and I've stuck to that for almost eight nine years. So I don't know. I feel like that would kind of go against <laughs> what I like initially set out to do. So maybe we'll see. But I feel like I do want to get noticed by Tay Tay because I like I don't have social media. How is she going to notice me? Like I love this woman, but you know. Yeah. You have to stand out somehow. I have to stand out. And I can't, like, I don't know. I, I think it's so hard, especially when she's that famous, mm-hmm. to kind of connect to her. I think she uses social media in such a good way. Um, and for, for fans, especially who don't have it, and I know international Taylor Swift fans have said the same thing, it's more difficult to connect with her mm-hmm. and to kind of get the opportunity to talk to her and meet her because that's the opportunity that a lot of American... Yeah, you're not in the same country. Exactly. Like, American fans have been getting kind of, like, she'll reach out to you, and if her team can see that you're really, like, a, you're really dedicated, committed um, Swifty, they will ask, like, they'll invite you to, like, special events. Um, oh, cool. She, I did yeah, not know that. Yeah, because she has um, secret sessions. Like, before a release of a new album, she will invite a bunch of her fans to different houses, and we're lucky she has so many houses because, damn, that woman is slaying. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll invite, um, like, a group of, like, 50 Swifties, and she will bake them cookies. She'll, like, talk to them about why um, each song exists on the album and the process that she went through making it. Um, and you get to hang out with the kittens. It's so cute. Like, I love her cats. Um, and I think it's such a cool bonding moment, like, that she trusts us enough to invite us into her home home and she's willing to stay up with us she there was one time where uh, a secret session went over time and she let people stay over at her house till 5 a.m and i think that just shows how dedicated you are to your fans so i think that's a really cool opportunity that she always tries to make for her fans obviously i think we tend to forget that when taylor was starting out that she was controversial because she was a woman in the music industry creating songs about her authentic personal relationships and her experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think with that, opening yourself up and being so vulnerable and honest with your emotions as a woman can paint you as some as a figure for I like as slut shaming. Mm-hmm. So I know that when she the moment she released Fearless and after that leading up towards Red and the release of the Red album uh, like the media they were having fun with how she was being portrayed um there were, look, people would make comments um on the news and on tv saying oh look taylor swift is standing next to the to a boy <gasps> watch out boy she's gonna date you break up and then she's gonna write a song about you mm-hmm. and that to me and she's mentioned it before trivializes like her music and what she does for a living like she makes songs songwriting is difficult like, I took uh, music all through high school, and we had to uh, write a song. And they were like, whatever inspires you. I decided to write about bread. Mm-hmm. I could not come up with this single, like, melody or, like, a hook or just, I don't know. Like, songwriting is so difficult. Like, you need to, to be fair. You chose a very hard topic. Listen, I landed up with bread because everything else I tried to write about sounded really bad. Okay. So I went with bread because bread is great. Different forms, toast. You can use bread, like sandwiches. You know, just like you have baguettes. It's great. Like the variety. So I thought I could describe people as bread or like emotions <laughs> as bread. So, you know, like 
I don't know. It's like different. So I was like, oh, and people can write about like fake cats or dogs or like, I don't know, relationships. I'm like, I want to write about bread. It was an epic fail. It was terrible. It was so bad. So we're going to move on from that. Okay. But just knowing the songwriting process and how you have to kind of have inspiration. And if you don't have inspiration that strikes you immediately, you have to like give it some time and then kind of come up with ideas. So like constantly you're trying to generate things that you can write about. But for her, um, like you, like you'll notice from people who have worked with her, they'll say it comes naturally. Mm-hmm. Or if it doesn't, like she will come back with an idea. And I think that's important to recognize that it is a difficult process. You're giving a lot of yourself to the creative process of making a song, and then you're giving a lot of yourself to the people who are going to consume your music. So, I think for me that really trivialized what she did as a songwriter. I think it was important for women to speak up against her, about their emotions and against a system that kind of says. Um, oh, woman, like your default mode has to be happy mm-hmm. and you have to be smiling. Otherwise, you're rude. I just, I didn't like that. And I felt like she did such a great job of addressing that. And moving on to 1989, when um, she hit really, she really hit mainstream popularity, um, pop culture. Like she was at the top of the game, people would say, during that era. Um, I know with the release of Blank Space. I thought that was one of her best songs she's ever written in terms of addressing her persona, her reputation in the media, but doing it in such a fun way. Mm-hmm. Like she paints you an image of this obsessive, crazy, like what she says, crazy woman who will cry in a bathtub, like surrounded by like her cats. Like, oh my gosh, I broke up with another guy. Okay, I'm waiting for the next one to fall in line. You know, mm-hmm. I think it did such a great job. And just knowing that that's the kind of music she's always created um, and she's willing to be honest in her songs. I mean, even with the release of Lover, she started to be more vocal about that, about things that she supports. Um, so again, with You Need to Calm Down, where she pledges and she kind of advocates for the LGBTQ plus community. I thought that was amazing to kind of see as a fan because I've been waiting so long for her to say something about equality or about mm-hmm. you know human rights. And that was amazing. And then with the release of The Man on Lover, I think that did a lot to address gender inequality because I think a lot of people still operate under the assumption that we've achieved it. We clearly haven't. So just as a fan, knowing that those are the issues that she stands for and that she's willing to speak up about in her music, I think for me in this era has particularly meant a lot. And I think it's just, the again, it's the personal aspect she puts into her songwriting. Like all too well, I cry to that song every single time I listen to it. Like every single time, I will, I will sing, I will, scre- I will scream very badly. <laughs> like I will sing along with Tay Tay, but it will, but just no matter what point in that song, and I think it's the bridge. Actually, I think it's the bridge. I just start sobbing, cause it's just, it's so great, it's so great. Like crumpled up piece of paper lying here. Like where does she come up with this? I like, have no clue. It's like a contrast. Like you get all too well and then Cornelia Street on a new album. And then you contrast like her different kind of different eras together. And there is a clear correlation and just her growth. Like I think that's amazing. Because again, in all too well, she talks about like a like a relationship that has ended and how that has affected her so much emotionally, personally. And again, like the bridge is the hardest part for me to listen to. Because she, like, she kind of yells at that point, like, hey, you call me up again just to break me like a promise. So casually cruel in the name of being honest. I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying here because I remember it all too well. And then you contrast that to Cornelia Street, where she says, we were a fresh page on the desk filling in the blanks as we go. So I think that's such a good representation of, like, the relationships that she's been in and 
the one she's in now, which is really kind of like stable. It is um it's supportive. It's all the things that she wanted as a like as a kid looking up mm-hmm. at relationships and love. So I just appreciate all the growth that she's had and also how she's able to reference that in her music. That is so impressive that you can just like that, just name off lyrics. I pop that into conversation and I've had people go, Ari, I thought you were just like really verbose and like really good at how you word things and I'm like listen it's all Tay Tay it's like, all Tay Tay with Taylor lyrics Swift. that I'm quoting because some people don't like they like they will get it after a minute that I've like transitioned into talking about like Taylor Swift and like Tay Tay lyrics that's what like the lyric speech but like and then they'll take a minute and they're like oh wait you're talking about Taylor Swift lyrics because they think it's a part of like what I'm like talking about right now yeah so um it's been fun for me like I I don't know I feel honestly people should like applaud Taylor because she's given her fans and people who listen to her music like an avenue to explore like literary references and to actually it's I feel like I've learned more from her than my English classes combined really I mean okay probably not but like you know like a good base and then a way for you to practice that is like because she uses a lot of metaphors she uses similes she uses a lot of like imagery like figurative language and I feel like that comes through in her music and she is kind of like she's a proponent of education. She's telling her fans to like, hey, these are little clues that I've like set out for you. Go find them. Like use like English literature, use your language skills to go find them. And I think that's super cool. Yeah, they're like Easter eggs. It's really cute. I love it. I love it. Are you laughing at me? Slightly. <laughs> I love it though. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, I know you're a fan too. We can ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, what's your favorite like Taylor Swift lyric? Oh, I don't know any of the lyrics off of the top of my head. Funny, See, like, I enjoy the music. I really do. And I've I've been a fan since, mm-hmm. I think, Fearless. Like, I've, like, consistently listened to her music. And I know she started off her tour in Evansville, Indiana, which is where I'm from, Yeah, for Fearless. Um, but I don't think I have, like, a, a lyric that it's just, like, in the back of my head. I know I have, like, songs that I really like, but... Not like specific lyrics. I'm not like, I know you can't see visually where I'm pointing to, but like, I'd say at a five is where I am as a Taylor Swift fan, and R is like at a nice 9.572. Okay, favorite song? Favorite song? Um, I really like Blank Space. I think that's one of my all time favorites just because it's fun. It is fun. It's fun, yet it still like, has yeah. a good lyrical mm-hmm. depth to it. It does. I think it was, like, one of the mainstream, like, pop songs that people can relate. Like, people can sing to, but also, like, if you analyze it, it really means a lot. Yeah. It's, it's not, like, super yeah. campy. Exactly. And I feel like, I don't know, with that song, like, you could sing it when you're, like, out with your friends in the car and you're just driving. Um, You could sing it, like, I know people go out and then get drunk and sing to that. I don't know. I think it's such it is such a fun song. And I feel like... That will join the list of kind of songs that will stand out when, like, when, I don't know, one day when she stops her career. Yeah. Like, you know, decides to leave. Like 50 years from now. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, like, will be part of her legacy that she kind of leaves behind. Uh, Thank you for coming today, Ari. I really appreciate it. I had so much fun. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and tune in next time.